0: good morning everybody. Thank you for joining us this morning here at Lighthouse Discipleship Center. My name name is Dave Everett, and uh, we're going to be continuing our series this morning on experiencing the blessing of God. And just so I, uh, before I go there, just so you know, all of our teachings are archived on our website at lighthousediscipleship.org, as well as our YouTube channel, Lighthouse Discipleship Center. And so, and we also say thank you to all our financial partners who have partnered with us in, their, in this ministry with their ties and their offerings. And you can get all that information on our website at LighthouseDiscipleship.org. So we thank you for that. We will have our Bible study tonight at 6 o'clock on Ephraimus Change. We are still taking a recess on Wednesday nights. Uh, we should resume, I think the date is a, the 8th, the 2nd Wednesday in uh uh, September, we will resume our Wednesday night uh, Bible study, so uh, of that, we just have some things we have to take care of, and once we get those resolved, uh, we will uh, be back in the game on Wednesday night as well. So anyway, like I said, we're going to be continuing our Bible study, our teaching tonight, uh, this morning, excuse me, uh, let me just get myself together so I can talk straight, but we're going to be continuing our teaching this morning on experiencing the blessing of God, and this is part five. This should be the conclusion of this uh, series, if I get, get through enough. If not, I'll, I'll stretch it out to another week. But uh, we'll see how we do today, and then uh, we'll be starting a new series uh, next week, which I'll tell you about at the end if we get far enough to end our uh, teaching, okay? So anyway, we're talking about experiencing the blessing of God. We're not just talking about the blessing of God, even though we are. We're talking, we want, I, my heart, as a pastor, is that you experience the blessing of God. Okay, And in talking about the experience of the blessing of God, we have talked about three, ma- we've broken this down to three major points, so three major sections. We talked about the covenant of blessing, we talked about the priestly blessing, and today we're going to be talking about the commanded blessing. But in recap, let's look at it real quick the covenant of blessing. We've looked at this in our first two weeks, uh, our first two hours on this, and we talked about the covenant of blessing. God has made a covenant. A blessing and he made it to, we look at how he made that blessing, how God blessed Adam, how God blessed Noah, how God blessed Abraham, Isaac, Jacob and even Joseph. In other words, in the book of beginnings, in the book of Genesis, which is called the book of beginnings, God blessed his people, every single one of them, every single time. Even after the fall, after sin, in the Old Testament, God blesses his people. with the covenant of blessing, okay? If God blesses people in the Old Testament with the covenant of blessing, how much more are we blessed in the new covenant? We also looked extensively, especially during our first hour, from Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22, how the blessing of the Lord makes one rich, and he adds no sorrow to it. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich. In other words, it's not our hard toil that makes us rich. It's the blessing of the Lord that makes us rich. The source of our richness, the source of our prosperity, the source of our well-being is not us, it's God. Amen? Can I get an amen on that? At the same point in time, even though we are not the source, actually, let me back up again. Let me just restate it: If God it's not what we do, but it's what God does that bless us. But even though I say this, and I believe this, because we're not the source, I also believe in working hard. I am not advocating that we don't work. I'm advocating that our blessing is not from us, it's from God. At the same point in time, again, I believe in working hard. For example... There are a lot of people who work hard who are still poor, okay? Now, when we're talking about the blessings of the Lord, we're not just talking about just finances. But we are not excluding finances. (coughs) Excuse me. We are not excluding finances either. And when you look at the the, the, the covenant blessing, God blessed Adam, Noah, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph in many different ways, but they all experience blessing in wealth and with richness. Some people don't like this. Some people will mock me. Some people will write me off. We have people lived our church at times when I talk about this. You know what? I don't know why people fight to be poor. I don't know why that's such a battle. Why that's such a, a glamorous ambition. I don't see... There's no glory in that. There's no, uh, you know... We're not, you know... We're not here to be wealthy. We are here to be a blessing. Okay, we're well, not going to get to that. See, the blessing of God is beyond you. If you are not the source, okay, God is the source. But God wants to work us to work and bless the work of our hands. We have several scriptures we can look at. Two primarily that we have looked at in this series. That first one is from Psalm chapter 90, verse 17. And let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us. And establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. Nowhere in this teaching are we saying we don't work. We do not become saved because of our work. But we do, we have become saved for good works. That's a whole other teaching. But I believe in working and I believe in working hard. And doing But the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and he adds no sorrow to it. Okay, God wants to establish a group of hands. But we also look at Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 8. And we'll be looking at this chapter a lot more today. But, <coughs> excuse me, and we're talking about the commanded blessing. We'll get, we'll get there in just a moment. But the Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouse and in all to which you set your hand. And he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. God wants to bless everything that you set your hand to. So, however, if you're not setting your hand to anything, a hundred times zero equals zero. A thousand times zero equals zero. A million, a billion, quadrillion times zero equals zero. Okay? God's the source, but He wants to bless the work of our hands. Okay? And then we looked at, in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18, "...and you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you power to get well, that He may establish His covenant, which He swore to your fathers." Who are your fathers? Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Okay? God, in other words, but, but based on this passage of Scripture, He gives you power to get well, that He may establish His covenant. We're talking about experiencing the blessing of God, but we're also in this section... We're recapping how we talked about the covenant of blessing. See, God does not give us wealth directly. God gives us power to get wealth. We're talking about the covenant of blessing, and we're recapping that. And God made a covenant of blessing with Adam, Noah, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph. But Paul teaches in the New Testament, in Galatians chapter 3, we'll get there in just a second, How? Because God blessed Abraham, specifically, God blessed Jesus and his seed. And God, because that's true, God has blessed us by covenant. This covenant relationship that God did with Abraham, he made it with Jesus, and he made it with us. Let's look at Galatians chapter 3 real quick. We've been talking about this over the last several weeks, but in the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles... That's us, most of us listening, by faith preached the gospel to Abraham. The gospel, we're in the New Testament, Abraham was the Old Testament, and God preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand, saying, in you, all the nations, that includes us, you're part of all the nations, because you're part of all, okay? All the nations shall be blessed. <coughs> he goes on to say, verse nine, so then, those who are faith are blessed with believing Abraham. God made a covenant of blessing with Abraham, and those who are of the faith are blessed with, they, uh, with, with believing in Abraham. He goes on to say in, chapter, in verse 13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, as it is written, curses is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles, as us, in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. This is a covenant for everybody. If you are born again, you are blessed. If you believe on Jesus, you are blessed. You are blessed with believing Abraham. We have a covenant blessing that we inherited in Christ. That the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles, that's us, in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. He concludes this chapter, Galatians chapter 3, with, And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. I'm of the seed of Abraham. I'm of the seed of Christ. I'm born of God. And there's really two kinds of people. There's those who are blessed and know it, And there's those who are blessed, and they don't know it. If you are in Christ, if you are are of Abraham's seed, you are blessed. The difference with some of us is whether we know it or we don't know it. Okay? The Bible says, Jesus said in John chapter 8, You shall be my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The truth can't set you free, even though you're blessed, if you don't know it. Okay? And so, some people refused to know it. They balked us. They think that we're just trying to uh, get people rich. No, we're trying to get people rich so that we can be a blessing. And that's what we're going to do now. See, if you are born again, you are blessed. In Ephesians chapter 1, Jesus, God, Paul said, Blessed be the, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places of Christ Jesus. Some people have rationalized this. To be, Well, it's only spiritual blessing." I can get, I mean, from Genesis to the Book of Revelation, I can talk to, and talk about how God has blessed us with many blessings, with every spiritual blessing that includes finances. And you cannot read the, about Adam, Noah, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and and Joseph and exclude uh, finances. You can't read. You can't read about any of the examples in the in the Old Testament and also in the New Testament. And exclude finances from spiritual blessings. Okay, if you are in Christ, you are blessed, and God has made a covenant blessing. We're going to expound on that a little bit more about why we're blessed. But let's let's look, at, let's look at the second part that we looked at in the last two weeks, talking about the priestly blessing. See, first of all, and we also looked, we we started this off by looking at Revelation chapter five after Jesus rose again, he went to the he went to the right hand of God, and the angels began to sing a new song. <coughs> and they sang the new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open the seals, for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation, and have made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. This is a whole teaching that I've taught on before many times, but my point is here in the New Testament, Jesus by His blood has made us kings and priests. Okay, and uh, Peter echoes this in First Peter two nine. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, His own special people, that you may proclaim of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. Just like Aaron was a high priest. And it was the Levitical priesthood. Jesus, in the New Testament, according to Hebrews chapter 7, Jesus is our great high priest, and we are priesthood of believers. Okay? Uh, this is also echoed in Revelation chapter 1, verse 6. We are also kings and priests, and it talks that it about there. When we're talking about the priesthood blessing, we went to Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 8. And at that time the Lord separated the tribe of Levi, that was the Levitical priesthood of the Old Testament, to bear the ark of the Lord, to stand before the Lord to minister to Him, and to bless in His name to this day. We saw three things in the scripture that the, the priests of the Old Testament were to do. They were to bear the ark of the Lord, they would stand before the Lord to minister to Him, and they were to bless in His name. And we took time out of the last two weeks and we looked at all three of these things. Okay. And the ministry, ministry starts with ministering to the Lord. Ministry starts with we minister to the Lord first, we talk about how we minister to one another second, and then we minister to the world. Okay? We need to reach the world, but we start with ministering to the Lord, then we minister to one another, and then we take it to the world. Okay? But then we spent really a lot of time over the last two weeks talking about from Numbers chapter six, verses twenty-two to twenty-seven. Regarding the priestly blessing. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron, he's a great high priest of the Old Testament, and his sons, saying, This is the way you shall bless the children of Israel. Say and say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you, the Lord make his face shine upon you, and be gracious to you, the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So they, the priesthood, shall put my name on the children of Israel, and I will bless them. In talking about the priesthood blessing, we also looked in Psalm 23 briefly where the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Because the Lord is my shepherd, you know, in other words, I'm saying the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my keeper. The Lord is my protector. He's my guard. He's my savior. He's my deliverer. Okay? We can, we, we, the Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord cause His face will shine upon you and be gracious to you. And his countenance and give you peace. And I'm paraphrasing that a little bit, but all those descriptions of the the priestly blessing talk about how Jesus is our shepherd, Jesus is our keeper, Jesus is our protector, our guide, our savior, our deliverer. See, the priestly blessing says this. It says, I want you to say the Lord bless you. I want you to say the Lord keep you. I want you to say the Lord make His face shine upon you. We looked at this word shine uh, from Numbers chapter 6. And the word shine is pronounced our, and it says to become light or to bright, to shine, to make to shine, to set a fire, to be glorious. The Lord causes you to be a light. Jesus said we are the light of the world. Jesus said we are the salt of the earth. The Lord causes us to shine. The priestly blessing, we are blessed, not just with finances, we are blessed to shine. Okay? And Genesis chapter 12, Jesus and God made a covenant with Abraham saying, I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you shall be a blessing, and you and the families of the earth shall be blessed. We are blessed to be a blessing. I didn't highlight that so much today, but I've highlighted that point over the last four weeks in very much detail, okay? So, but I, the point I'm making right now is that we're to shine. God wants us to be, make our name great so that we can shine, so he can establish his covenant in the earth. The Lord sets you on fire with his glory. Jesus prayed it this way. He said, "What I pray that they would be one as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that the world may not believe that you sent me, and the glory which you gave me, I have given them that they may be one just as we are one. We have the glory of God. We are marked with the glory of God. We have the favor of God and the favor of God is on my life. The favor of God is on my family. The favor of God is on my home. The favor of God is on my body. The favor of God is on my finances. The favor of God is on my ministry. The favor of God is on my business. The favor of God is on whatever he has called me to do and whatever I've set my hand to that he may establish his covenant. We have favor with God and we have favor with man and we have a good understanding. Jacob had favor. Isaac had favor. Joseph had favor. You have favor. His face shines on you. His grace is on you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his counsels upon you and give you peace. That's the last part of this uh, that we really talked about. Including verse twenty seven that says, And so they shall put my name on the children of Israel, and I will bless them. Both in Deuteronomy numbers we see the priestly blessing. They put God put his name on them. And based on and we see that not only here, but again also in Deuteronomy that we are to bless in his name. His name is Shalom. He has many names, but one of the names that God has is Shalom. He's Jehovah Shalom. We see that in Gideon with Gideon in Judges chapter six. But this word shalom in the Hebrew, it means completeness. It means well-being. It means tranquility and peace and safety. It means contentment. It means soundness. It means welfare, health. It means also means prosperity. <coughs> We're not just talking about prosperity, but it is included. Okay? Peace, it also means peace through covenant. Relationship. We are talking about covenant in this teaching, and anyone who knows anything about the Jews, the Jews, they give a greeting shalom, and they give a benediction shalom every time they meet and greet you. Okay, I mean, uh, I know some people. Who, I know uh, Pastor Aaron Perdue. He's from Colorado Springs. He, he mentions how he knows some Jewish friends, and when he and when he's at their house, not only do they say shalom. But they never talk negative about anybody. Never. They never... What did God say to Abraham? I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you. When you curse one another, you are actually cursing yourself. We are blessed. Not only do they say shalom, but they also don't talk negative about anybody. The Jews are constantly speaking the blessing of God to one another. And we wonder why they're so blessed. Because they, they bless His name. The name of Shalom. Jehovah Shalom on each other all the time. With your mouth, we, you are to bless in the name of the Lord. We are priests. We are kings priests. And we are to bless one another in the name of Jesus, in the name of the Lord. Okay, we are to bless in His name. We are to put his name on each other, the children of Israel, and I will bless them. You know, don't get messed up with children of Israel. Paul said, Robert, not everyone who is in Israel is of Israel. Okay? We are spiritual Israel. Okay? that goes with the spiritual blessing. It goes back to, to what Paul said, if you are of Christ, you have Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. But we in the New Testament, we have been made kings and priests to His God and Father to Him, be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So be it. Okay? We are a chosen generation. We are a royal priest of a holy nation. There's our special people. You are the priest of the Most High God and God has put His name on His people. And when we talk about even putting His name on people, The word name is shem, and it means reputation, representation, identification, fame, a memorial, a monument, glory. We are representing God. It's God's reputation that's on the line. It's God's name that we, reputation, and and identification that we are putting on one another. God's glory is on us. God's name is on us. We are living memorials. Our lives are testimonies of Jesus. We are living epistles of Jesus. Our lives are testimonies of God's coming. And our lives are testimonies of the priestly blessing. God said to Abraham, I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great you will, shall be a blessing and then you all the families of the earth shall be blessed god wants to make your name great i don't care what country you come from i don't care what if you grew up on the wrong side of the tracks as some people say you if you are born again god wants to make your name great you are the life of the world you are the soul of the earth you have you god has put his name his reputation even peter on Pentecost says, be baptized into the name of Jesus. Okay? God wants to make you a witness. We, should, uh, we shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon us so that we would be witnesses unto Him. God wants to make you a testimony, not a money, but a testimony of God's goodness. God wants to use your life as an example of how he treats his kids. How he treats You're his people. As priests, we are to bear the ark of the Lord. As his covenant, we are to stand before the Lord to minister to him, and we are to bless in his name. See, the responsibilities, again, of the priests were to bear the ark of the Lord. They were to stand before the Lord to minister to him. They were to bless in his name. We talked in the last few weeks about the covenant of blessing. We talked about the priestly blessing. And now today, I want to talk about The commanded blessing of God. Okay. That was a short recap. I know that I took a a chunk of time out of that. Uh, You know, almost uh, uh, 20 minutes talking about the recap. But you can listen to our archives on that. But today we're going to start talking about the commanded blessing. And uh, we'll get into this a little more specifically in a minute. So I'll repeat what I'm going to say right now. But there's one thing about when God commands... We're talking about our Commander-in-Chief. We're talking about our King, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We're talking about our God, our Master, our King, our Abba, commanding a blessing. And how many of you know when God commands something, nobody can reverse it? Okay, you can't reverse something that God has blessed. We live under the commanded blessing of God. And we're going to look at that this morning, okay? The commanded blessing of God, and we're going to look at uh, four basic things. But let me just look at, well, the first thing we're going to look at is that Jesus is the condition that fulfills the commanded blessing. Okay, we're going to look at that. In other words, Jesus is the fulfillment of it. Jesus fulfills the requirement of the blessing of we're going to look real briefly here at the first uh, part of this session, section from Deuteronomy chapter 28. Now if you've never read Deuteronomy tw- chapter 28, it's a long chapter and it's, split, it's talked about the blessings and curses of God. Okay? It seems like the blessing part is a lot shorter than the curses. But we have also read, and we'll look at it again in a moment, from Galatians chapter 3 verse 13. That God has redeemed us from the curse of the law. He's redeemed us from the curses, but he did not redeem us from the blessings. He redeemed us so we can experience them. He fulfilled the requirements so that we can receive the commanded blessings. But he redeemed us from the curses. I like reading Deuteronomy, both the blessings and the curses. I want to know that what Christ has provided for me as my propitiation, as my Savior and what he has fulfilled for me, so I can walk in those blessings. But I also like reading the curses, knowing what Christ has redeemed me from. Because he has redeemed me from the curse of the law, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon us. Okay? But talking talking, <coughs> so we have to know that. You know, we're going to read the blessings and the curses, and we're not going to go so much the curses this morning, but we're going to talk about the blessings and when you read Deuteronomy 28, you're going to see a condition. It's con- it, 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 these blessings are conditional. And if you don't, when you read the Old Testament, the Old Testament is Christ-concealed, but the New Testament is Christ-revealed. And when you, don't under, when you don't read the Old Testament with a New Testament perspective, you can get messed up in your theology and your belief system. And being messed up in your belief system will cause you not to receive what God has provided for you. Okay? And so we're going to look at this, and bear with me. We're going to, we're going to take this apart a little bit. But in Deuteronomy chapter 28, beginning of verse 1, God said, And it shall come to pass, if there is a condition, if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and do all his commands as a condition, which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all the nations of the earth. Okay? Excuse me for a second. Verse 2. Verse 2 says, And all these blessings, not some of them, but all these blessings shall shall come on thee and overtake thee. I'll come back to that part. But if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord, in other words, all these blessings shall overtake you if thou hearken unto the Lord. <coughs> and there, there's a condition. The condition is three times there. If you shall hearken to the voice of the Lord uh, and obey, observe, obey, obey all his commandments, uh, these blessings shall overtake you. But that's where most of us lose it because we know that we haven't done it. Because let me ask you a question Has anyone ever obeyed all of his commandments? Okay. Did not Paul say there is none righteous? No, not one. So if this is true. All of us are disqualified from any of the blessings. You know? We might as well just close our Bibles and go home. Okay? No one can receive these blessings based on what they have done. Are you hearing me? Nobody, there's no Christian, there's no religion, religious person who can claim that they can experience the blessing of God based on what they have done, we have all broken the commandments. Some of us are breaking the commandments right now just by what we're wearing. The law says you can't have two uh, kinds of fabric. Uh, you can't, For example, some of our clothing might have a mixture of cotton and polyester. That's illegal according to the law of God. And there's a whole, I'm not teaching about that this morning, but I'm just saying... Anything that's not a faith is sin, the Bible says. Knowing to do good and you don't do it is sin. Nobody has to obey all of the commandments of God. And the Bible teaches you'd be breaking one commandment, you're breaking all of them. Okay? So nobody outside Jesus has ever obeyed all the commandments. Okay? Are we hearing this? is important. Because if you don't understand this, this will mess up your theology but for everything that God has provided for you. Okay? He says, and these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee if thou shalt hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God. None of us has ever fulfilled that. But Jesus fulfilled the requirement. Okay? It is a conditional blessing based on who Jesus is and what Jesus has done. Jesus is the condition. Of the covenant if you have Jesus you have everything if you don't have Jesus you don't have anything am I making myself clear okay Paul said and here's Galatians I said we're gonna come here Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law having become a curse for us okay that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might be received the promises of the Spirit through faith. Jesus redeemed us from the curses, and Jesus qualified us for the blessings. That's important that we understand that. And if we understand this, that Jesus has redeemed us from the curses, and Jesus has qualified us for the blessings, then we can go back and we can read this, and we can receive. And he says, and all these blessings shall come on thee, and overtake thee, not just some of these blessings. We don't have to purity. All of the blessings. And you know what the word all in the Hebrew means? It means all. Okay? That's very deep Hebrew for some of you. And all of these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee. In other words, you don't have to chase them down. They're going to overtake you. The blessings overtake you. Okay? So let's read these blessings. Let's go to chapter verse 3. Bless shalt thou be in the city, and blessed shall thou be in the field. Blessed shall you be the fruit of, your, of thy body, and the fruit of thy ground, and the fruit of thy cattle, and the increase of, of kind, and the flocks of thy sheep. I'm reading from the King James, so it's a little King Jamesy. Okay, verse five. Blessed shall be thy basket and thy store. Blessed shall thou be when thy, thou comest in, and blessed shall thou be when thou goest out. You, in other words, you're blessed wherever you go. You cannot escape the blessing because it's overtaking you. You're blessed going in. You're blessed coming out. You're blessed in the field. You're blessed in the city. That means I don't care what country you're in, what government you're under, you are blessed. Not because of them, but because of Jesus. Okay? We need to understand this. It's not based, you know, I have so many people from different countries, especially asking me for money. I'm not your source. Okay, Jesus is destroyed. I'm not saying that we can't bless one another and give people things. I'm not excluding that. But when you're more dependent on man than you are dependent on God, something's backwards. When you're co-dependent on man and not God, I I make an offering for people to give tithes and offerings, and I can teach that and I believe that and I believe it's New Covenant and I believe Old Covenant. I don't I don't I don't say that to bless me. I say that to bless you. I do say thank you. but and like I said this morning, I said thank you for those who who. who have, partner with us in their tithes and their offerings. Paul teaches that very heavily. And, I, and, and so uh, and the book of Hebrews teaches on it very heavily. And so I, I'm all for that. But when someone gives you a gift, the most polite thing to say is thank you. And we do thank you. But we're not panhandling you for money. And yet people will come on my... Well, chances are someone's going to Facebook today... Day or tomorrow or this week after listening to this message, whether they listen to the message or not, I don't know. But they're going to ask for money. And I get, I get posts all the time for money. And it's not like I'm trying to be insensitive and whatnot, but don't be dependent on me. This, my Facebook post is not a place for you to um, uh, to advertise, for you to, to panhandle, for you to, uh, uh, you know, uh, there's a word I'm looking for. And I'm struggling to find it. Solicit? Uh, to listen. This is not a soliciting page. And if you if you ask for money on my Facebook post, I will delete it. Okay. I, 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 it, this is not a place for that. That is out of line here. Okay. Uh. You know. Do, 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 do it on your Facebook page. Do it somewhere else. Don't do it here. Okay. I will, You know. I'm not going to have you solicit on my page. I, I'm not trying to make a big deal of it, but. God's a blessing. The blessing of God is not dependent on what country you are. I understand some of you are doing an orphanage or whatever. Maybe you are, maybe you're not. I don't know. I don't even know you. <laughs> you know? And so, uh, and anyway, i got to get off this treadmill. But at the same point in time, when you are blessed of God, you can't escape the blessing of God. It's a commanded blessing. And like I said earlier, there are those who know it and those who don't know it. And when you know who you are, you can be like Isaac in a land where there's a famine and you are blessed. Because you are a child of God. You have a covenant blessing, you have a priestly blessing, and you have a commanded blessing from God. Okay? Let's go on. The Lord will cause your enemies to rise against you, to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you in one way and flee before you seven ways. Verse 8, And the Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouse is, plural, I'll come back to that later, and in an all to which you set your hand, and he will bless you in the land which the Lord God has given you. See, God had already told him in Deuteronomy chapter 6, So it shall be when the Lord your God brings you to the land which he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you large and beautiful cities which you did not build. Houses full of all good things which you did not fill. who out wells which you did not dig. Vineyards and all the trees which you did not plant. When you have eaten, you'll have your it full. It's when, not if. When you have eaten your full, not if it happens. He also said in Deuteronomy chapter 8, in the same context, for well, the Lord of God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks of waters and fountains and streams that flow out of valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vine of fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive oil and honey, a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity, in which you, see some of you are living with scarcity, that's not the blessing of God, in which you will lack nothing, a land whose stones are iron, out of whose hills you can dig copper, again, there's not win again. When you have eaten and are full, then you shall bless the Lord your God for the good 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 land He has given you. It's when, not if. The condition is Jesus, not you, not your government, not your country, not me. And and so, keep walking in faith. Keep walking in God. Keep believing God. God said, I'm going to command my blessing. And the the condition is not you. The condition is not me. The condition is Jesus. Are you following me so far? We're talking about the commanded blessing in Jesus. My first point I'm trying to establish right here, there's a lot of rabbit trails I can go on right now. But I'm trying to establish a point. Jesus is the condition. Jesus fulfilled the condition so that you are qualified for the blessing. You are qualified for what? The commanded blessing of God. He said in, in verse 8. Okay? We are qualified because of Jesus. The second point I want to make is no one can reverse it. I've already said that point, but I us get to that part. And here we're going to look at Numbers chapter 23. In Numbers 23, uh, We have Israel began to grow, okay? And Balak became very jealous and envious of Israel. So Balak hired Balaam, a foreign prophet, to what? curse Israel. What did God promise Abraham? I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you. Okay? Are you following me so far? So then Balaam comes... (coughs) He's a he's a he's a hired foreign prophet, and he said he, he said, I'll come, but I have this one I have one rule: I will only say what God says. Okay, and three times, ba- Balaam came to curse Israel. Under Bala. he was a hired hand from Balaam, and instead of cursing him, cur- instead of cursing Israel, because he could only say what God says, the only thing that could come out was blessings. Okay. Now we're going to pick it up during the second time. Like I said, three times he tried to do this. During the second time, we're going to pick it up in Numbers chapter twenty, and then to to, uh, to ultimately he blessed them three times. Okay. He, he was hired to curse them, but he can only bless. So we're going to pick it up. Well, let me go back to you real quick. I'm going to have this minute. God said he will bless those who bless you. He will curse those who will curse, curse you. Okay. If someone tries to curse me, before we go to Numbers. Well, look at this. If someone tries to curse me, I'm not receiving that. Why? Because I am blessed by the Most High God. If someone tries to curse me, it is really coming on them. It's not coming on me. They're cursing themselves. So let's pick it up in the second, the second of, uh, time that, uh, in, that beta begins to proclaim. He, he's, meaning the, he's, he's trying to curse them because that's what he's trying to do. But he can always say what God says, and out comes a blessing and not a cursing. So he begins to say, and get verse nineteen, "God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. He had has he said, and will he not do? Or has he spoken, and will he not make it good?" In other words, if God said it, He will do it. Right? We're good with that. Verse twenty, "Behold, I have received a command to bless. He has blessed." and I cannot reverse it. He's saying, I'm living under, see, I'm living under the commanded blessing. You are living under the commanding blessing. God, even if God was, even if a Balak were to hire someone to curse us, we are, we can only be blessed, We God has commanded a blessing over us. If you are a child of God, if you are born of a of incorruptible seed, not corruptible seed. You cannot bless, you cannot curse, what God has blessed. Am I making sense? I feel like I'm stumbling on my words a little bit here. But I hope you get my message. You cannot reverse what God has blessed. And God has blessed the seed of Abraham. God has blessed the seed of Christ. And if you are Christ, you are blessed. And it won't benefit you if you don't know that. He shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And I'm living under the commanded blessing of God. How do I know that? Because the Word of God tells me. I have a covenant blessing. I have a priestly blessing, and I have a commanded blessing of God. We're talking about in this series experiencing the blessing of God. We need to understand we have a covenant blessing, we have a priestly blessing, and we have a commanded blessing. Let's pick it up, verse 21. He has not observed iniquity in Jacob, nor has he seen wickedness in Israel. The Lord his God is with him and the shout of a king in the them. man. See, when God looks at you as a believer, he does not see your failures. And some of us, we don't understand that. I'm going to be talking about being established in righteousness after my next series, uh, so probably around October I'll get into this teaching. But if you are a believer, if you receive Jesus Christ, God does not see your failures. When God looks at you as a believer, he sees you in Christ. Okay? Colossians 1 says this In the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. That should be scripture enough. But I can give you tons of scripture. Talking about righteousness is my most favorite foundational teaching. And I'm going to be teaching on that again in October. But Paul said in Colossians that through the, the flesh of Jesus Christ, who died on the cross through his death, he presented you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. He also said in Ephesians, to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he, Jesus, made us acceptable in the beloved. I want to look at. I want to take a side trip real quick on this verse. Uh, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. Verse, I, I want to look at the first half, and then I want to look at the second half of this verse. To the praise of his glory, the praise of his glory. If you were to the the study this in the Greek, it's a it's a it's basically a compound phrase. And and what it means is when God sees you, He sees you in the full potential you are in Jesus Christ. I don't have time to study this in detail right now, but when you study this phrase out to the praise of His glory, uh, praise of His glory, of His grace, it means that God sees you in your full potential in Christ. It means that, that God sees you in a fixed position of rest in the grace of God. I hope you're getting this. But now let's look at the second part of this verse. By which He has made us accepted in the Beloved. This word accepted is karito. And it means to be stowed freely. It means to be endowed with grace. It means He's made you acceptable in the Beloved. God sees you in the Beloved. If you receive Jesus, God sees you not outside of Christ. God sees you in the Beloved Christ. And God sees you in your full potential in Christ through His grace. And he stands on you, accepted. Okay? You are his beloved, and you are washed in the blood of Jesus, who has made you holy, blameless, and without reproach in his sight. Because there's no reproach in the blood of Jesus by which you are born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed by the enduring word of God. When God sees you, he sees the blood. And when God sees you, he sees Christ. And going back to numbers real quick. He has not observed iniquity in Jacob, nor has he seen wickedness in Israel. The Lord, his God, is with him, and the shout of the king is among them. Verse 32. God brings him out of Egypt. He has strength like a wild ox, for for there is no sorcery against Jacob, nor any divination against Israel. It now must be said of Jacob and of Israel, Oh, what God has done! There's no sorcery will work against the bless of God. And some of you need to hear this. Maybe someone has placed a curse on you. There is no sorcery that will work against the bless of God. You know, I heard a story, I forget who this was, but there's... This minister, this evangelist, lack of a better term, was in this village where there was a witch doctor, and the witch doctor had pronounced curses on the people, and people were afraid of this witch doctor. And this this minister came into the village, and the witch doctor wanted to have a contest between who is the real God. And so this this witch doctor, whenever he he did his he, he did his sorcery, and he began to. Float, levitate off the ground uh, in, in, in this trance that he was in, back in Mother Terran. And he did that for a little while, and, and you know, obviously a wow to people, and woe, and supernatural type of thing. And then this minister just came up and, and, and real quick and he says, In the name of Jesus, get down! And that witch doctor just flopped to the ground, and it ended all. There is no sorcery that can come against the bless of God. You are, God has put his name, the name of Jesus, on you. And there is no sorcery that can curse what God has blessed. And he says, Behold, I have received a command to bless, and he has blessed, and I cannot reverse it. Going back to verse 20. So we looked at, real quickly, we talked about the command blessing of God, Jesus is the condition, and no one can reverse it. I, think, I can go at length and talk about each one of these things I'm talking and greater length, but I'm trying to make this uh, concise. Am I, am I making sense so far? Now we're going to talk about Jesus is our Jubilee. When we're talking about the command and blessing of God, we're going to talk about how Jesus is our Jubilee. See, Jubilee, and you can read about Jubilee in Leviticus chapter 25, and we're going to look at some... Uh, some scripture here in just a second, but Jubilee it says in Leviticus twenty-five, it talks about how they were to work six years, and on the seventh year was a Sabbath year, and, the, and on the Sabbath year they were not to sow and they were not to reap, they were not to work for a whole year. How many of you would like to have a whole year off every seven years? And this was a law, this was a command. Okay, they would have worked six years and off, off one year. But then after seven cycles of seven years, seven seven, seventh years, 49 years. Okay? You got that? the, the seventh year was a seventh year. And After seven cycles of seven, 49 years, on the 50th year was jubilee. The 49th year was a sabbath year because it was a seventh year. But so was the 50th year. It was treated like a, it was treated like a sabbath year. And uh, any Sabbath year, they're not supposed to work. So on the 50th year, to the 49th year, they didn't work. They didn't work, okay? And uh, and on uh, and, uh, the 50th year, they didn't work. So they had two years off. Every 50 years, he would get a two-year vacation, okay? God promised them, and we'll look at this in a moment, that God promised them that if they will obey him and hearken to his word, that God would provide a triple harvest in the 6th year that would see them through the ninth year. And then... Saying it happened in the 50th year, God said, I will give you a triple harvest in the 48th year. That will see you through the 51st year, a quadruple harvest. Okay? And we pick it up in Jubilee chapter, I mean, Leviticus chapter 25, verse 10. It says, And ye shall consecrate the 50th year, (coughs) excuse me, and proclaim liberty throughout all the land to all its inhabitants, and there shall be a Jubilee for you, and each of you shall return to his family. So we're going to talk about this real quick. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on Jubilee right now. I have done a lot of extensive teachings on this in the past. But real quickly, I'm going to talk about seven blessings of Jubilee. Okay, seven blessings. The first one, now, one thing you got to understand about Jubilee too, is that, and you've got to understand the culture. Maybe this is the same as some of your cultures, I don't know. But I do know some of the ancient cultures, especially Israel, that when a family went into debt, that were struggling. Sometimes the father had to make himself a servant so he could provide for his family, and so he had to make himself a slave to so his family would have a roof over their head and they would have uh, food on the plate. Sometimes, when the cases got more severe, not only did the father have to do that, but sometimes the mother had to do that too. So about the father and mother. In extreme cases, sometimes the ch- children had to do that as well. So. So can you, imagine, But when when Jubilee came around, going back to this verse real quick, when Jubilee came around, each one was to return to his family. All debts were paid, and everyone got returned to his family. In other words, when we're talking about the seven blessings of Jubilee, the first two I want to just uh, make mention here is that you're supposed to go, you're supposed to go back to what God has given you, and you're supposed to go back to your family. Go back to what I have given you. Maybe some things have been taken away from you. Maybe it was your own folly that you got to death. Maybe it was your own thing. But when Jesus is our jubilee, and under this command of jubilee, you can go back to what God has given you, your homes, and go back to your family. All deaths are erased. Every prisoner was released. It was a a time of jubilee. Okay? See, Jesus came to restore everything Adam lost. Adam lost a lot through the fall. But we have all sinned. So we, 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 there's, not, there's not blame to go around. okay. But Jesus came to restore everything Adam lost. And Jesus restored a relationship with our Father. Okay? You can read more about that in Ephesians chapter two, verse 6 We're not going to go there today. okay. are back to Leviticus. For it is a jubilee and it shall be holy to you you shall eat its produce from the field. You shall eat its produce from the field. I want to look at this from the King James. The King James says, "For his jubilee shall be, <coughs> me, For his jubilee it shall be holy unto you, and you shall eat the increase thereof out of the field." I like that word "increase." I believe the kingdom of God is a kingdom of increase. The kingdom of God is not a, is not a kingdom of doubt. I lack. You do not see lack when Jesus walked the earth. You do not see lack in the Genesis in the book of beginnings of the book uh, the book of Genesis the book of beginnings. The kingdom of God is the kingdom of increase. Okay. And so so talk about the seven blessings of jubilee. We go back to what I've given you. Go back to your family. And the third thing is, eat the increase thereof out of the field. Are you following me? Am I making sense? See. I've got to make a major point here. Many of us have lived on barely enough for so long. Many of us have done for so much, for so little, for so long. We have this mentality that we just have to cope. And we sometimes esteem coping. And to a certain level, I do esteem that. But we have settled for so little, for so long. And we can almost do... We have this mentality, we can almost do anything with nothing. Okay? See, a lack of of scarcity has become a mentality in our lives. Well, it's our government. You don't understand the country that we live in. You don't understand, I I have an orphanage. You don't understand, I'm a pastor. I can, you know, I have wine myself. I have a house church. Okay? I can can whine about the, the lack of scarcity of so many different levels. But that cannot be my mentality. That cannot be what I settle for. See, we need to receive and celebrate the good things Jesus has given us. Am I making sense? Okay? Going back to Leviticus. And if you sell anything to your neighbor or buy from your neighbor's hand, you shall not oppress one another. He echoes this in verse 17. Therefore you shall not oppress one another, but you shall fear your God. I am the Lord your God. See, we're talking about the seven blessings of God. Not only do we go back to what God has given us, not only do we go back to your family and eat the increase thereof of in the field, but you, the Jubilee also means you, shall, you don't oppress one another. That was also we don't see that, but that was in the Jubilee command. There's no oppression going on. Not only has God restored you back, but that means you have to forgive one another's debt, you have to forgive one another's trespasses, you have to release those from prison. You need to forgive and not oppress one another. That was part of the Jubilee blessing. Okay? Let's go back to Leviticus. If one of your brother becomes poor and falls into poverty among you, then you shall help him, like a stranger or a soldier that he may be... That may, that he may live with you. He goes on to talk about it. I don't have it here, here, but God says, you were sojourners in Egypt. And if you wanted people to have pity and mercy and grace on you, then you needed to show mercy and grace on one another. Okay? Verse 41. And then he shall depart from you and he and his children with him and shall return to his own family. He shall return to the possession of his father. I could read more into this, and, and there's a lot more I can talk about this, but I want, to, I want to get to my main points here. But So, not only do we go back to what God has given us, and our, back to our families, and eat the increase thereof and not oppress one another, but all deaths are forgiven, both on a vertical level and on a horizontal level, and all slaves are freed. I don't have time to get into all the detail here, but if you read Leviticus 25, you'll see this, okay? But then the fourth one, let's go to verse 21. And this was, kind of goes back to the Sabbath, not so much Jubilee. But Jubilee was a Sabbath. Okay? He says, Then I will command my blessing on you in the sixth year, and it will bring forth produce enough for three years. Remember, I said, on the Sabbath year, God said He's going to bless them in the sixth year, and I will see them through for three years. He also said the same thing about Jubilee. He, because it was two years, the so 49th year was the Sabbath year, the 50th year was the Sabbath year, God was going to bless them, but the 48th year over here, the 51st year, a quadruple harvest. But when He says this, He says, I will command my blessing on you. So seven, the seven blessings of Jubilee go back to what I have given you, go back to your family, eat the increase thereof out of the field. Don't oppress one another. All your deaths are forgiven. All your slaves are free. Supernatural increase. For them to be blessed with a triple harvest is supernatural. See, while the world is going down, I'm going up. That happened with Isaac. That happened with Abraham. That happened with Jacob. That happened with uh, Joseph. While the world is going down, we're going up. While the world is going backwards, we're going forward. While the world is regressing, I'm progressing. Because, why? Jesus, my condition is my Jubilee. Isaiah says it this way, and this is Jubilee language The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted to proclaim the liberty to the captives and the opening of the prisons that are bound to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Jesus echoed this. And we talked about this in our, my last series, but it says in Luke 4, though he, Jesus, came to that is where he had been brought up and as his custom was, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day. We just talked about Sabbath, Did we not? Sabbath years and, and, and the Jubilee Sabbath? and stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet, (coughs) Isaiah, and when he had opened the book, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the broken heart, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recover your sight to the blind, to have liberty to those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Remember, just a few minutes ago, we said, To praise the glory of his grace, by which He has made us accepted in the Beloved. Accepted, again, means bestowed freely upon, endowed with grace. He made you acceptable. God sees you in the Beloved. God sees you in your full potential in Christ through His grace. And He has stamped on you, accepted. Jesus has said, to proclaim the acceptable, yield the Lord. Jesus came to preach the day of God's grace. Jesus came to preach jubilee. Jesus came to preach the the kingdom of God is here. Jesus came to preach God's acceptance on you on the day in the year of jubilee. And then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Jesus is our jubilee. And Jesus is our freedom. And there is joy in my house. Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. We talked real briefly here about how Jesus is the condition of the, blessed, the commanded blessing of God. How no one can reverse it. Jesus is our jubilee. And jubilee was a commanded blessing of God. Jubilee was a command; it was not an option. Okay, but I want to look at one fourth thing here. In closing, Jesus is the Anointed One. We just kind of talked about this and talked about walking in the anointing. How Jesus is the Anointed One. But let's look at this from Psalm chapter one thirty-three. Psalm one thirty-three. It says, "Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell." In, together in unity. I can go off on this, it's a whole teaching ourselves. But he goes on to say, it is like the precious oil upon the head, unity. It's like the precious oil upon the head running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron, who's Aaron, the high priest, running down on the edge of his garments. Jesus is our high priest. Okay? And there is not, there is anointing that flows from the anointing. To the priesthood of believers. It starts with Aaron, it starts with the high priest, and it flows down to the unity of the priesthood of the believers. Because he just said uh, verse one was talking about unity. Okay? In other words, there is an anointing that flows from the head to the body of Christ. It starts with the head, it starts with the beard. And he said in verse three, it is like the dew of Christ. Descending upon the mountains of Zion. That's the first half of the verse. I'm going to show you the second half of the verse in just a second. Okay? See, let's talk about this dew of Hermon real quick. What's that? Now, I can give you a whole teaching about the dew of heaven. Jesus is our dew of heaven. But understand this about the dew of Hermon real quick. When there was dew on the Mount Hermon, Israel had a good year. Are you listening? This is important. This is really the capstone of this whole teaching series right here. When there was dew on on Mount Hermon, Israel had a good year. We're talking about experiencing the blessing of the Lord. Specifically, we're talking about the commanded blessing of God. And when there was dew, it was a good year. When there was no dew, there wasn't a good year. And going back to our verse real quick, this this anointing, this oil, this unity, this unity is like oil running down the beard, and it's like the dew of the hermit descending upon the mountain of Zion. Okay, the anointing is like the dew. The anointing brings the blessing because when there's dew, it's a good year, and the anointing. <laughs> Brings the blessing. Oil speaks of anointing. Zion, now Hermon is where Zion is. And Zion is where the church was born. Are me? Now Hermon, now Mariah, now Herman, is, is we're talking about basically Zion is where the church was born. And Zion is where the Holy Spirit was poured out on all flesh. Starting with Jerusalem, starting with the church at Jerusalem. Get under Jesus. Get under the anointed one. Jesus is the dew of heaven. Okay? And it is like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, life forevermore. There, at the dew of Hermon, there, when the body of Christ is unified, jubilee, now oppressing one another, But there, the Lord commanded the blessing life forevermore. We've been talking about the commanded blessing of God. Jesus is our condition. He's the dew of heaven. We've been talking about how God is blessed. He cannot reverse it. No one can reverse it. Jesus is our jubilee. He's our dew of heaven. Jesus is the anointed one. How do you get the blessing? How do you experience the blessing? You get under Jesus. You have a relationship with Jesus. He's the dew of heaven. It's not dependent on you, it's dependent on the dew of heaven. But we also need to be a body, not a long ranger. See, see the, the anointing flows from the head to the body. But if you are isolated from the body, you have been isolated from the blessing. Because the, bless, the the anointing, the blessing is going to flow from the head to the body. And the body is a unit. The body is not decapitated with no head. The body is not dismembered with one member of the body, an arm or a leg or a toe or whatever being dismembered. No, it flows. Jesus is a condition. Nobody can reverse it. It's a commanded blessing of jubilee. It's a, it, it, it's a, it, it's a supernatural increase in blessing. Return to what God has given you. Jubilee. And sit and bath and rest in the goodness of your God. Get under Jesus the anointed one. Get where Jesus wants you to be in the body. Function where Jesus wants you to function in the body. God, if you are our hand, God does one not want your hand to function after the body. It can't function after the body. There An anointing that will flow from the head to the body as a unit. The the, whole psalm is only three verses long. It says, how blessed are those who come together in unity. The anointing is working. Folks, the anointing is working in the head. How many know Jesus is working? Jesus doesn't have an off-season. And if the anointing is working in the head... The anointing will work in you. It will work for you. Because the anointed one is you, is in you, and, and he's the head. You cannot be, your body, the body can't be alive without the head. Okay? But if the anointing is working in the head, it will work for you. Because he's in you. His head is connected to you. Okay? It is a commanded blessing. It's commanded to the head. It's commanded to Jesus and his seed. If you are Christ, your heirs the seed. The devil can't reverse it. The devil can't stop the blessing. It's a commanded blessing. It's a commanded blessing. Jesus is the condition. He fulfilled it. No one can reverse it. It's a commanded blessing of Jubilee. <coughs> it's a joyful sound. And Jesus is the anointed one, and it's flowing like the dew of heaven from the head to the priesthood of believers. We've talked in this series about the covenant of blessing, the priestly blessing. And today we're talking about the commanded blessing. I can spend a lot more time with each one of these components. My heart is that you experience the blessing of God. No matter where you are no matter what's going on. Next week, I'm going to be starting a new series. Talking about, I'm calling the Four Prayers of Paul. Paul prayed more than four prayers, okay? But at the same point in time, there's four prayers are going to be highlighting. And I'll be talking about these starting next week that I'm calling the Four Prayers of Paul. And, uh, and see, when I hear someone's prayers, especially Paul, I'm hearing his heart. I'm hearing what he wants us to understand, what he wants us to get, what he wants us to experience. Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament, most of us have the revelation we have today because of Paul. I think it behooves us to know his prayers. And when people ask me to pray for them, I pray for them, I try to pray for them very similar to how Paul would pray for them. Because I, know, I don't know how Paul prayed for every single individual all I know is what Paul wrote in his prayers and I will start with that I'm not trying to just recite something and and hopefully the the magical words will work no I'm saying it because I believe it. it and as a pastor I want you to understand what Paul wanted you to understand I don't think it's a good idea for me to want you to understand something different than Paul wanted you to understand and get to understand I think that's a good place to start and these are just i never taught on this before i never had a message entitled like this before but I am saying as a pastor as an individual as a, a, a child of God all my life I've gone back to these four prayers of Paul because they have been kind of the, the pillars in my life they've been kind of the, the anchor of my life been, you know the they're, they're, they're four prayers I have meditated on I have chewed on and I want to actually teach on uh, and, and as a unit, but individually, uh, I'm going to look each prayer. And I don't know how long this will take. I mean, it might take four weeks. I don't know. And then after that, I'm going to be doing a teaching on being established in righteousness, which is anyone who knows me, that's my core teaching in this church. And so uh, we'll, talk, we'll talk about that more later. Then, then. All right, so we talked today about experiencing the blessing of God. And uh, I hope this has been a blessing in my wow. heart that you're experiencing and blessing for yourself because of your own relationship. Your own covenant, priestly, and commanding relationship with God. Amen and amen. God bless you guys. We'll see you tonight at six o'clock.